Hi, hello, it's me. I realize I haven't posted an episode of the podcast in a very, very long time. So this was meant to be like an episode about the Mandalorian, but we got off we got so off topic that I just figured, you know what? I might as well just post this as like a little bonus episode, just chatting about Star Wars in general with my friend Ollie. Um, so yeah, also it cuts off weird because I didn't realize that it stopped recording after about 20 minutes. So I'm sorry about that. Um, more episodes will be coming soon. I promise. But just just take this bonus episode and I'll be back sometime. So I hope you enjoyed this episode where we started to talk about Mandalorian and then just went on wherever we wanted. So enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dello Felagets podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the Mandalorian season one, and I have a special guest with me. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, my name is Ollie. I am at Ollie Fresh on most social media. Um, I am a Star Wars enthusiast. <laughs> I am on. I talk about it a lot on Twitter and on TikTok mostly, uh, but I also have a podcast, which is Ruth Helps Pod Race. We're on all Much better than this one, um, so. No, come on now. <laughs> Don't be doubting yourself. But yeah, we, uh, I'm a, I've been a Star Wars enthusiast for basically my entire life, um, and I am so excited to talk about uh, The Mandalorian Season 1 today. Yeah, so um... – First of all, like, how did you feel like when The Mandalorian was, like, first announced, like, when we knew very little about it, just, like, this new thing is coming? Sure. So, I mean, something that I always get nervous about, and I think a lot of fans do this as well, is when a new project gets announced, my first instinct is to be like, oh, no, what are they going to do? Like, how (laughs) could they possibly mess this up? Like, I was very excited about it because I was excited to see Star Wars branch into the the live-action small screen. Yeah. <laughs> but I was also, I would say that I was a bit apprehensive. Um, that being said, I am a huge fan of the Clone Wars and of Rebels. Yeah. So I was like, I know it has the same creative team, so I know it's not going to be, like, bad. Just but a different just, style. Yeah, and I think that that's when it actually came out. That's kind of what we got is I love the Mandalorian. I, I think it's so well done. I think it's the perfect story to move Star Wars and the Star Wars universe to television. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when I first um, heard of it, um, I mean, I was into Star Wars, but I wasn't, you know, like super into it like I am now. And I'm like, Mandalorian? What is that? And. Then, you know, I got into the whole debate on whether or not Django is a Mandalorian or not. And yeah. that was fun to witness. And <laughs> and then, you know, everyone's excited about, you know, live action TV show, which, you know, was really cool. Yeah. And, you know, it's the only one as of now. But, you know, in the future, we're getting Andor and Kenobi. And, yeah. And, uh, and Ahsoka. Yeah, Ahsoka, and, too. Yeah. I, I had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so far away. It's the only one, really, that we haven't seen anything, like, official about, like, pre-production-wise. Because I think they haven't started production on it yet. Yeah. Um, 
But no, I think uh, for me too, because I watched um, the Clone Wars when it was coming out when I was a kid. Wow. Um, so Lucky. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I knew when they were like, oh, it's the Mandalorian. I was like, Mandalore? Like, like Satine? Like, what's up with that? That's going to be interesting because I knew like in Legends there's a lot of stuff about Mandalorians, yeah. but I did not really ever get into Legends. Um also, the other thing, too, is that a lot of legend stuff about Mandalore um, made it very confusing and did make it kind of an amorphous, like, warrior culture. Um, so I, it just was never something that interests me. But after they established the new canon, I was like, what is Mandalore really even? <laughs> because I know other than Django and Boba, you know, I know about the Mand like Mandalore proper. But it was hard to trace the line of like, where are we, where are we going? Because is this going to be like, is this going to be like Sabine Wren's bestie? <laughs> and also like the timeline too, because I was like, well, the last time we see Mandalore was at the end of Rebels. Yeah, plot so twist. Where are we going? Plot twist. It's actually about Tristan. <laughs> my my beautiful man, Tristan Wren. <laughs> King, you deserve it. You deserve it. Um, but yeah, um, like you said earlier, um, I wasn't really into Legends either, but from what I do know, they are not exactly different, but a little more extreme. In, a in Legends, I mean, I'm not gonna go off on, like, what Legends is. Yeah, I've only like, read, like, I've only read, like, know. two books, so. <laughs> I don't know as much about Legends, but the other thing, too, is that the person who wrote them, Karen Travis, is not very cool. And mm. does not really respect a lot of people. Uh. So I am also kind of like, you know, I simply do not care. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's a, it's a, that being said, um, I have also very much always been in the camp of like, I'm excited with the new canon. I think it's yeah. interesting and I think it opens a lot of possibilities. And again, I think the Mandalorian is the perfect vehicle to explain that with and to move into that with. And no matter what, you know, it's always exciting to see new Star Wars, no matter what the form. <laughs> For sure. I know. I'm a, And I'm very excited to see where the Mandalorian goes and where it continues to go. Yeah. It seems to be like, you know, it seems like they have a really good thing going on. Yeah, and then, of course, there are those people over in the corner like, well, what if they retcon the sequels? <laughs> Not a, yeah, that's what's going to be. The new plot is that uh, Din Djarin is going to... Um, Din Djarin is Ray. Not Ray Djarin. <laughs> Sorry, that's. Bra I'm Brown Eyes Skywalker now. No, not Brown Eyes Skywalker. <laughs> I do um, I do also like the idea of um, at Luke's Jedi school, Grogu does bully Ben Solo, and he that just makes him feel so embarrassed that he doesn't commit. He doesn't <laughs> try to leave. <laughs> So yeah, J Jason. I'll just, I'll just, I'm too insecure to leave, so I'll just stay here, and that's how they decanonize. <laughs> Jason Sandula's, you know, over just like, ah, Ben, you're getting bullied by a baby? <laughs> Freaking nerd. I do love the solidarity between green, weird green besties, Jason Sandula and Grogu. That's kind of everything. Besties. Um, yeah, bestie vibes only between the two of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Ben uh, wants to be their friend, but just does it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's there like, sir, you were just a little bit too annoying. <laughs> yeah, most of the time he just stands behind as they talk about stuff. Yeah, he, he eavesdrops. 
I'm not here to slay. He's ben he's Solo, Ben's the person who's Ben's the person it. who says like he's friends with like the entire temple. While in truth, he eats his school lunch with Luke. Um, yeah, <coughs> the, the teacher is my uncle. So <laughs> Luke, please, they're gonna bully me. I have to list you as a friend, please. It's not him asking Luke to um, expel Grogu because he's bullying him. <laughs> I, hear me out. He's a rare species and he's very powerful, but he took my lunch money. <laughs> I do love this idea of like Grogu stuffing Ben in a locker. <laughs> Like, he's like, I don't think that you will be messing around anymore. You know, if Grogu was there when yeah, Grogu he, is... like, started the Knights of Ren, he would have stopped. <laughs> Grogu is secretly the king of the school. <laughs> Good for him. As he he's should. Oh, yeah, um, well, I mean, technically, we're talking about Grogu. I mean, no, no, of course, of course. <laughs> but I think, like, what's interesting about the Mandalorian, too, is the way that it opens up it's a very like the tone is immediately established um in that first episode and it stays fairly consistent yeah. um throughout the whole show um even as it gets bigger and even as the story gets grander and there's more characters introduced it stays at its core which is about a bounty hunter to quote Django Fett trying to find his place in the universe like just a simple man <laughs> And it really is. That's all Mandalore is. Like, just simple men and simple women trying to make their way yeah. through the universe. Yeah, I mean, truly. And I think that that, it, it really showed, first of all, it showed that Dave has a favorite planet. <laughs> um, Ooh, I, I wonder, is it Lothal? <laughs> yeah, Dave's, actually, yeah, Dave's favorite planet is Pluto um, Who Who would have known? <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't have been able to tell. But um, I just think it is a really... It's a really good introduction, I think, as well, for a lot of people who aren't Star Wars fans. Yeah. Because um, you don't... Everything that you need to know about the greater Star Wars universe basically gets explained in the show. <coughs> it's not important. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you are watching it, you'll be like, what is this Empire people talk about? Like, hmm. Yeah. But even with, like... Rogue One and Solo. I mean, is it really necessary you watch the other movies before? Exactly. Like, I think, like, they give context, and it's certainly, like, if you've watched Clone Wars and Rebels and the movies, but specifically Clone Wars and Rebels, a, a lot of that plays into The Mandalorian, but you don't need to watch them to understand the context of The Mandalorian. Of course, yeah. It's like, you may not have seen Bo-Katan's whole story, but when she shows up, it's like, okay, I understand her vibe. And then... Um, get some of the nuance, but, you know. I mean, I get it. People are new fans, but it always pains me when I watch reactions and they're like, they're going to go see this Ahsoka Tano person. <laughs> I... It's honestly very powerful to me. Um, like I'm just, I'm just gonna walk away slowly. <laughs> yeah, I know we are talking about season one, um, but just a fun little nugget from season two I do want to share is that I watch a show with my mom, um, who's not watched any of the shows and okay. barely seen the movies. Yeah. Um, but she wanted to watch it, so we watched it together. And I have been reading the Thrawn books. I finished them now, but at the time I was reading the Thrawn books, um, and I would tell her about stuff that was happening. So when we got to the Ahsoka episode. She did not know who Ahsoka was the whole time. 
but when she was like, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? My mom was like, oh, like Thrawn from the book. I know. <laughs> so I was like, That's a sentence I didn't think I'd hear. <laughs> I'm like, what it must, it must be like to be someone who knows who Thrawn is, but not Ahsoka. I'm like, that's a powerful state of mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I, um, the only Thrawn I know is from Rebels. I actually haven't read the books. Oh, oh, Rebels Thrawn. <laughs> he, uh. Yeah, I, I hear that have, in the books he is better. He is different. I wouldn't necessarily say he's better, but I do, I, I do have my longstanding theory that Thrawn in Rebels is just book Thrawn, but he ha- really has to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And, like, every time he's on screen, he's like, we, I'm, I'm so sorry, <laughs> I know I Hurry, let's wrap this up. <laughs> he's like, I really the bathroom's all the way on the other side of the Star Destroyer. I gotta go! <laughs> like, I could you guys, like, Agent Callus, can you please hurry it up? I really have to go doo-doo. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I I know Thrawn from Rebels, and I know he's a very popular character. He is, uh, like, <laughs> he is my, uh, the only, the only, uh, imperial irish i truly respect and even then i'm still like hmm Hmm. you did some uncool things but i still love you king yes you bombed an entire planet but good for you (laughs) i'm like you bombed an entire planet but yeah i can't condone your actions bestie but i know you were (laughs) if you read thrawn treason he was maybe having like not an excuse obviously but he was literally having quite possibly the worst week of his entire life yeah the other imperials wouldn't let him go to the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) um yeah no that that's that's probably see eventually like he gets constipated and he just has to like unleash his anger (laughs) that's what happened when he went to stop callus i'm so constipated i need to take my anger out give me give me your meds (laughs) I need something to fix this. Not, 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 not trying to get stool softener. Where is it? I'm this. I'm feeling crazy. We're here to talk about the Mandalorian. Talking about IPS Thrawn. Uh, you see, this is what I when I before we started recording, I did say I do find a way to bring things back to the thing to like a couple topics, and one of them is Thrawn. So I always am gonna find a way to bring it back to that horrible blue man. <laughs> yeah, um, see, if if you weren't here, if it was somebody else here, we would never make our way back. <laughs> yeah, we would not find our way. <laughs> or you find the way. I can't find the way. I mean. Well, here's the thing with the Mandalorian that you may not have known that this is the way. So it all ties back together. Um, is this I, the way? To quote Din Djarin, this is the way. Um, wow. I do think that it is like an interesting take because I think a lot of um, Mandalorian culture in the Mandalorian is so much different from what we have seen in Rebels and in Clone yeah. Wars. And it makes a lot of sense that a culture would be, you know, would have different parts and different sects. And it's something that Star Wars doesn't generally get into because most of the planets we see and most of the people we see are pretty homogenous. So it's like, most of the time it's like, oh, we're going to Naboo. And aside from, like, all of, like, 
Naboo, aside from like the Gungans, it's pretty much the same everywhere. And the same is the same can be assumed with most other planets because it's like, oh, you have one senator in the Galactic Senate for your entire, not only your planet, but the entire um, system. So Mm -hmm. it's like, generally speaking, Star Wars shows us planets as being pretty, um, you know, pretty homogenous. Yeah. So what's interesting about The Mandalorian is that it's saying like, not only are there different cultures in Mandalore and on different planets in the Mandalore system, which we see in Home Wars and in Rebels, it really shows us how different they are in the new canon in The Mandalorian. And really... his sect is so different. Yeah, I mean, something, you know, this goes into that Clone Wars and Rebels doesn't really... The whole, you know, Mandalore isn't a race, it's a creed. I mean, I, th- yeah. I think that's an interesting take on it. I've never really thought about them, like, kidnapping children um, before. Je- Jedi oh, Jedi 2.0 over here. Oh, because here's... I mean, I'll get it. I'll I know they're not kidnapping children. I but. don't think... I'm a, not me being a Jedi Order defender. I'm not really, but, you know, I think the... I like the I like the memes. It's like I get I get mad at the Jedi Order for the memes, but overall I think they're all right. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get into like the my uh bring up another piece of Star Wars media that's not the Mandalorian, but um it's very much like the High Republic books show like here's what the Jedi were and then the Clone Wars happened and basically everything went uh Still haven't read the High Republic. <laughs> there I have not either, but I've uh, skimmed them, and I have friends who read them, so, but I'm about to. Um, but yeah, but I think, like, that's one of the things I like about The Mandalorian, um, and especially in season one, is we don't see a lot of, like, what's going on with regular people yeah. during this time, like, po- post um, uh, Return of the Jedi, pre The Force Awakens, so it's really nice to see that time here, and I'm excited it looks like this next phase of TV is gonna cover that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, obviously with Book of Boba Fett and uh, the Ahsoka show and uh, I guess those are really the only, I think those are the only two that are really in that period. But I'm very excited to see where they go. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Because the others are in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, which is like, yeah, that's getting a little too crowded for content, Mr. Dave. Yeah. I mean, listen, I could probably give you a day-by-day summary of what has happened in 19 BBY, because I'm yeah. telling you, there are two Thrawn books that take place that year. Dark Disciple, I think, takes place right... I think Dark Disciple takes place in eight, between 18 and 19, like, in that Miss, Mr. Dave, can you calm down on the <laughs> hey, Revenge hey, of the Sith New Hope era? Like the entire Bad Batch, I believe, is happening in 19 BBY. I'm like, this this, this gear is extremely busy. Um, but Dave, I, I think, think you need to give your cowboy hat to someone else and let somebody <laughs> someone else, let, someone else let, fill the timeline for a second. Let's let someone else hold the cowboy hat. Um, but I think, like, with The Mandalorian, and I think with episode one, um, it really does give us a lot of context for, like, um, you know, it tells us what The Mandalorian's sort of are doing but yeah. it also shows like the galaxy is trying to emerge into this new era post empire but the empire is still very much there yeah so it's laying the groundwork i think for the sequels and the rise of the first order um because that i think when watching the sequels was always something that i was very like how did they let this happen like how would they let something so similar to the empire rise again but watching the mandalorian especially like episode one and two 
I'm like, oh. It's I always thought... Left. I always thought that the First Order was kind of over-exaggerated the way we see them. Like, they were still something to, you know, that you should be paying attention to. But I didn't think they were, like, that big. I thought they were, like, in secret. Yeah, I think that's kind of what's implied. Because the other thing, too, is there are books, like, um... Yeah, I don't, um, I don't read a whole lot of books, so... Lines, so <laughs> that, like, they do talk about that a little bit. But I am excited to see, and I think the thing too is the broader audience who's watching Star Wars is going to be people who just watch probably mostly the movies and yeah. maybe the shows. So it makes sense, like for stuff to be fleshed out there, so that the average viewer can understand. Yeah, what's yeah. Going on. I mean, you you can't you can't I expect love- every fan to pick up every book. <laughs> yeah, which you know, even though I know I'm, you know, I love the books and I will recommend them to anyone. There are a lot of times where I'm reading them and I'm like, I'm really deep in this because no one is going to know what I'm talking about except for me. And then, of course, the uh, peop- some um, people on Clock App will writer. get mad at you if you don't read every page of Star yeah. Wars ever. Huh. Yeah, that's I, uh, I, uh, I do love, love a good gatekeeper. Um, yeah, the Clock App I, gatekeepers I, I are the- very interesting people. I love, I, you know what, honestly, at this point, when someone tries to gatekeep, it's very funny because so many times when people try to gatekeep, they'll be like, I, I saw, I did see a video on the clock app the other day that was like, oh, you're a girl Star Wars fan? Which one's Anakin Skywalker? And it showed Hayden Christensen, Anakin, it showed Darth Vader, and then it showed um, Darth Vader without his helmet, and then it showed the pre, like, remake of of um return of the jedi before they put hayden christensen in so it showed the band who played anakin before and they're like which one's anakin skywalker and i'm like if you're gonna gatekeep at least make it hard because i feel like even the average star wars like even if you've only seen one or two of the movies you probably know that all of like at least some of those are anakin i was gonna say technically all of them I think, yeah, and I'm like, any answer to this would be correct. Like, I know your point is that it's like, oh, gotcha, it's all of them, but, like, you're just, like, this is an easy question. <laughs> secret, anyway. secret option number E, all of the above. Yeah. Period. Um, but yeah, I think, um... So Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, the Mandalorian. <laughs> but what I think is nice, too, about the Mandalorian, and especially in that first season, um, it very much fits into the Star Wars plot of, like, where do you belong in a universe that is so much bigger than you? Um, in a way, it's almost very similar to like a Luke Skywalker arc, um, yeah. wherein Luke's whole thing is that he's like, I would like, like, I'm just like a normal guy. And that's, well, Din is a, clearly a very competent um, bounty hunter and a skilled fighter. He is like, I just want to be a normal, like, I'm just a dude. Like, I'm just here trying to make my way. Say, guys, guys, guys. Please stop sending people to kill me. I just want to sit and watch Netflix. I I do. What do we think he would watch on Netflix? What do we think his favorite favorite show is? Um, I do. I do feel like I could see him watching Nailed It. I feel like he would watch Great British Baking Show as well. (laughs) Yeah, I, I no, yeah, he just watches all food shows. <laughs> that just feels in character to me. I, I do like the idea as well of him critiquing, like, home renovation movies or shows, despite not knowing how to do anything. He's like, oh, I could have done this better. <laughs> it's like, could you have? Grogu, we're going to Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the memes of, like, your 
dads at home depot be like but it's it's the man <laughs> Um, <coughs> we're building a shed get the wood <laughs> not, well, that, honestly that's how he's about to be like now, he does, now that he doesn't have razor crest <laughs> to be like Boba, Fennec, help me we're, we're going to Home Depot to build me a <laughs> um, Boba, um, do you still have your credit card? <laughs> not... I promise I'll pay you back Oh my god, that's everything. Listen, Boba, I know I'm in debt, but I'll pay you back. Yeah, I just, I love, an, I love Mando having an IOU for Boba. <laughs> Boba's like, you know, do you, if I can just buy you a new ship if you want. Like, I'll, I'll No, I'm making it myself. <laughs> he's like, no, I can do it myself, I'll pay you back. And he's like, <clears throat> he's like no, I'll pay it back. And he's like, to Benny, he's like, he's never going to pay that back. Yeah. Like, it has the same energy of that sound on Clock App. It's, you know, this is the best idea i've ever had this is the worst idea you've ever had yeah that is that is quite literally i i am um, i'm not sure if you've watched parks and rec um, i've seen clips of it there is a scene where one of the characters um ben goes through like a bout of depression because he doesn't have his job um and there's a part where he makes this like claymation like animated movie <laughs> and he's like could a depressed person make this and it's like two seconds long <laughs> and that's how i'm imagining Dan, now that he doesn't have Grogu or a ship, he's like, tr- he's like, could a depressed person do this? And it's like a ship made out of like six two by fours, like <laughs> stapled together. And Boba's like, no, that looks like something a completely well-adjusted person would have made. Yeah, Din, I- I'm proud of you. You did good. He's like, you got it, buddy. Just- <laughs> he's like, just get back in the saddle. And then he leans over to Fennec, and he's like, so do you have any? Do you have any? I was like, do we, do do y'all know any, like, therapists? Like, can we get Luke over here to give him therapy? The idea of Luke Skywalker, maybe this one of the other characters who desperately needs therapy trying to be a therapist is very funny to me. Like, he would show up and be like, yeah. Like, we need to talk to Luke. We need Din to have visitation hours. Yeah. (laughs) That is, so speaking of, I know this is- Din probably, Din probably, like- picks up, like, Pizza Hut and delivers it to Grogu for lunch. Oh my god, he, he's like the parent who comes and, like, takes their kid out and he's like, yeah. oh yeah, he has a doctor's appointment and Luke's like, really? And he's like, yeah, and then they just go get McDonald's. Yeah, and then they just um, go home and, like, binge Spongebob or something. <laughs> I love that. Um, but this is, like, an- another thing about the Mandalorian that I do like is everything would indicate that Dan Jarn is this, like, stoic, cold figure yeah because that's really what we've seen from most mandalorians yeah but what is really nice i think about him is while he is like cold and he is quick to quick to care about people or slow to care about people he is actually like pretty good at like communicating and like negotiating yeah um which is not something that we see from a lot of um protagonists especially that are you know have the veneer of this um you know He's got the mask. He's not sensitive. He's um, very, uh, like, pushes people away. But it's nice to see that he is, like, generally pretty willing to communicate and he is pretty open to negotiation, as with, like, a lot of episodes deal with that. Like, in Chapter 15, uh, which is the gunslinger, like, he's pretty quick, even though the kid, the, um, 
the bounty hunter who's trying to join the guild, like, even though he is, uh, does turn on him and is kind of a jerk, Mando's very quick to, like, be like, I'm gonna help you. Oh, chapter five, okay. Yeah. You said 15. <laughs> 15? I meant chapter 5. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, I know you probably meant that, but it just almost like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, I apologize. I am, you're, uh, you're fine, you're fine. I, I make mistakes I all the time. I count. That's a fun thing about me. <laughs> yeah, I never passed um, kindergarten. I don't know how number. Truly, I have not either. Um, <laughs> but I do think that's something that is really cool about him as a protagonist that I think makes the show so compelling to so many people outside of, like, you know, not to say, like, oh, the Star Wars demographic is all boys, or all, like, because obviously that is not the case, and obviously yeah. it is true that not all not all boys and men are looking for a character who doesn't have a strong emotional connection or can't communicate or whatever, but it, it, I think that that is part of the appeal of why it, why it has so much of a broader appeal and why people have latched onto this character, despite not knowing that much about him. Yeah. Um, he's just a, he's a, he's just a good dude. Like, he, you know, he has his problems and he has his stuff he's getting over, but a lot of his struggles are, like, with culture and with, um, you know, with who he is. It's not like, oh, he's a jerk or, oh, he doesn't know how to care about people, which I, I think is incredibly common in this kind of genre. Yeah. So I yeah. thought that was really nice to see. Yeah, it's, you know, it's really just cool to see throughout the episodes how he just, you know, it, this whole show is just how to be a father with Din Jaren. Yeah, he's he has said I am taking the baby to daycare. Um, <laughs> what I love to, I think. Hey, kid, you're, you're gonna you're gonna stay a couple weeks with with Kara. Like, I'll I'll be back. Yeah. I just I think what's very fun to me as well about that about the idea of um, <laughs> um, him being like I love my baby so much, so I'm not gonna take him to daycare. So instead, I'm going to bring him into an active combat situation <laughs> in a burlap sack that is hanging from my waist. Why did I immediately think of Qui-Gon and Anakin when you said that? Because it's Star Wars. Child endangerment is practically their whole thing. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's like, I love this child so much, I'm going to put him in a place where his death rate is like 99.9%. Yeah, truly. 